Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. The man that, when we set this up a couple of weeks ago, the topics were going to be different compared to what we're about to talk about. Tony Knopp, welcome back, my friend. I wonder what we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. Over the last two years, you have slipped in from time to time that USC was dramatically unhappy with the Pac-12 and even floated the idea, not of the Big Ten, right? I mean, be fair, but even independence. But they they had Mm -hmm. to get out. What, What were the elements that drove USC to make the phone call? Well, um, I'm going to give the long story so the listeners will understand what happened because it actually involves a Big Ten GM, a recent Big Ten GM. Um, When the Pac-12 negotiated their first TV deal, Bill Moose was the AD at Washington State. He was the splashy hire for Washington State who had come out of retirement. He was originally the AD at Oregon, who brought Oregon to prominence. Now, you could argue, and I'm not going to pull punches here, that Bill was just in the right place at the right time because he had Mike Bellotti as a coach and he had Phil Knight writing big checks. Mm -hmm. Now, Bill is a very old-school guy, does not believe in analytics or any of that stuff. When they negotiated the deal, Bill was... Bill was very vocal that USC and UCLA should share all the revenue equally with the rest of the schools. Now, USC and UCLA pointed to what we talk about a lot, the English Premier League. They said, no, the most, um, the most, the most common example pointed to is that where the top five clubs get a lion's share of the revenue because the belief was the healthier they are, the better they do, the more money there will be for everybody else. And I, now, will, and I will slip in that this has been the Texas deal with the Big 12 for a long time. So we'll go from there. Exactly. Um, so what happened was the, the L.A. teams were furious about this because once they started sharing the revenue, because back then the revenue split wasn't as exaggerated as it is now. Now it's the low $30 million for Pac-12 schools, low $50 million for Big 10 schools. They're saying that the Big Ten schools could get up to 80 to $100 million a year in the new TV deal coming up. Now, what happened after that infuriated the L.A. schools even more. So Bill Moose takes the money, builds a new stadium, and hires Mike Leach. Right? Two things that Washington State cannot afford, but they're only affording it on the backs, in the eyes of USC, of USC. Meanwhile, across town, UCLA is going way underwater. They are running a huge deficit on their athletic department. Nobody's going to games at the Rose Bowl. And uh, they can't keep up with what's happening, right? So a couple of dominoes fell that led to this phone call happening. The NCAA cracks down on USC. And USC is saying, look, maybe we don't need the NCAA. Maybe we align with this belief that the SEC and the Big Ten have that one day we don't need the NCAA anymore. We're just going to create a Super League. And that's going to be driven by the college football playoff. So they essentially crack down on SC. SC can't get out of its own way for 10 years. They suck. 
Meanwhile, UCLA is trying to find a lifeboat, and they can't find one. The Pac-12 doesn't take the deal with ESPN, which might have helped UCLA out. But then the Under Armour thing occurs. Right. So for the listeners who don't know what's happening, Under Armour... 200, 280 million. Right. And Under Armour just walks, says, we're not going to pay it. We're going to kill the deal. We have an out clause in it. Let's all see you in court. UCLA is in dire straits at this point. They are underwater on athletics to the point that they might have to follow the route that Stanford took two years ago when they cut 11 sports. Right Now, Stanford went back and said, maybe we're not going to cut the 11 sports. They got some endowment money. They got some people to, to pay for it. But... That's what led to the phone call happening, right? It hasn't just been a short-term, like, you know, we're reading all today about how six more Pac-12 schools are trying to call the Big 12, and Kevin Warren's phone's been ringing off the hook, and that's all kind of reactive stuff by other schools. USC and UCLA were forced into this position by incompetent leadership at the Pac-12 level, by the NCAA cracking down on USC, and by selfish idiocy by Bill Moose who you guys will know him because he left Washington State and went to Nebraska. And that football program didn't necessarily flourish under him. So this is what's led to this. We've been saying for a long time that USC was going to do something, right? I didn't think it was going to be the Big Ten, but it makes total sense if that's what the Big Ten is going to do. In fact, you floated the idea of independence. Uh, yeah, multiple times. So now what has happened with the Big Ten is this. Uh, well, let me take it back one step. Fox is located in Los Angeles. What was their role in the phone calls? So all of this is being driven by Fox and ESPN. And, and you've no- noted this a lot as to people are talking about some crazy ideas of who's going to go where. Fox is in the room with the Big Ten, right? They negotiate on the side of the table as the Big Ten. And they're interested in drawing, as we've talked about this, drawing as much and as many eyeballs to their football product as is possible. Now, where they're kind of locked out is at the ACC because they have the grants rights there until 2036. Mm -hmm. So Clemson, Miami, and those schools are stuck right now. So Fox and ESPN are essentially looking at creating two Super Leagues, which there's again, there's a template for this. This is what happened with English soccer. Yes. Right. Everybody talks about, oh, there was no, you know, the Pac-12 has been around for so long and there's tradition in this, that, and the other thing. There's a hundred years of transition in English, of tradition in English soccer until 1994 when Sky Sports came in and played the Fox role, waved a bunch of money in front of everybody and changed the world. Right. That's exactly what's happening here. Except for what's interesting is in England, one network won out, yes. and here there's two networks winning out with two different leagues. The For Fox, the Big Ten has now gone from Lincoln to Philadelphia. It now goes from New York to Los Angeles. Los Angeles. What mm-hmm. kind of difference does that make in how Fox approaches this? And especially, do does the Big Ten, quote, now need ESPN? Well, the question is subs. Right. It's if you look at what's happening with subscriber media, people are losing subs all over the place except for live sports. Yes. Right. This is the exact argument we just made about USC and UCLA with Washington State. Right. Fox is looking at this and saying USC and UCLA, the Big Ten is are the ones driving revenue for us. They are the ones keeping subs for ESPN and ABC on the SEC side 
and they're the ones keeping subs for Fox on the Big Ten side. So it just turns out that you had these you had these assets that were horribly undervalued, right? It's they're looking at this and saying, you know, there was an article a couple of years ago that talked about LeBron James and how they were paying him, I forget what, like $35 million at the time, but he was really worth 85, right? It's just yeah. that, you know, the things in place wouldn't allow him to make that money. I think what they're starting to realize is that, you know, the haves and the have nots are, are, are broader separation than we thought. And you need to have a setup where the haves and the have nots share revenue, but it's very clear that the haves aren't floating the have nots to the point where Bill Moose is hiring Mike Leach for $8 million a year and building a stadium in a place where they can't afford it. Right. right? And that's what's happened in English soccer. I keep pointing to English soccer because I think that's the most similar parallel to what's happened here when it comes to TV money and the like. And what happened there is you have a breakaway league, which is essentially what the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be. And that breakaway league is making all of the money, and then you have leagues below it that there's a door open for them, and you have to try to find a way to build that out with a bowl system or whatever else. What has been the reaction in your neck of the woods in Los Angeles to this happening? You know, it's... It's interesting because... There's so much arrogance. <laughs> I hate to say it because I'm a USC grad, but there's so much arrogance on the USC front, especially in the fan base, that they're kind of like, you know, we feel special and we love it. There has been almost no pushback on, oh, we're going to lose our traditional rivalries with, you know, Cal and Stanford and whatever else. They're looking forward to the whiteout game. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> hey, we get to have a whiteout game. Like, right. We want to go do this. Right? right? We don't care about about that so it's that that's been the feedback ucla is in dire straits right now i mean if you read what the ad has been talking about he's talking about the olympic sports he's saying hey we're literally using this money so that we can keep the olympic sports alive so we can go win national championship number 120 right right? because they win a bunch of they lost 62 million in the pandemic that's the other element too right and so the most interesting about all of this and all the politics that are behind it is that Cal and UCLA were separated and it was allowed by the board of chancellors. Right. And what's really interesting right now is the person in charge of the PAC 12 is UW's president, newly appointed. Yes. So right. the conversation is that UW and Oregon are going to be the next most likely to go somewhere. But Talk about a conflict of interest. Like, she's responsible for keeping the schools together. And, and what everybody's looking at right now is saying, okay, well, you have two Bay Area schools who just really aren't that um, committed to sports. They have tremendous traditions behind it, but Stanford's already started cutting some of their sports. Their new stadium, they cut the um, – when they refurbished Stanford Stadium, they cut the attendance by half. Mm-hmm. It only fits 38,000 people now as opposed to 80,000 back when it hosted the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, theoretically, people are saying we it might be the end of, of college sports in the Bay Area. Like, Stanford and Cal mm-hmm. might just say, we don't want to do it anymore. We don't care. Right. Um, so it, it's really dire straits for the Pac-12. And, you know, we knew that UC, USC was going to do something. The assumption was UCLA would probably go with them because of basketball. But nobody knows what's happening going forward with the rest of these schools. <sighs> Maryland, Rutgers, and Nebraska, when they entered, had to go into a seven-year integration. 
and when it came to getting a full share. Now, Rutgers has borrowed right. so much money along the way from the Big Ten that their full integration actually does not happen until 2027. 27, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's always been my argument. If I were sitting there right. and I'm Mike Bone, I'm sitting there saying, you're telling me Rutgers is getting two and a half times the TV money USC is? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Do you have any information at all that when this TV deal is brokered, would USC and UCLA be immediately full, fully vested? So I had a chance to catch up with Mike multiple times. Uh, I actually watched the NFC Championship game with Mike. Like We were in a suite together and talked right. for two hours. Right. Um, Mike has a very different approach to USC than anybody that's been here in the last 20 years. Mike is a full believer that they are at that level of blue bud and they can make demands of that level. Now keep in mind, this was prior to him hiring or no, I'm sorry. It was right after he hired Lincoln Riley, right? I cannot imagine that he's going to take a backseat to anybody given the way that I've heard him speak, given what he's talked about in bringing USC's athletic department to excellence and breaking away and breaking the chains of tradition, right? Mike was very open with me that, you know, they were looking at, uh, I forget which one, a former basketball player that's a Trojan great for a coaching gig, and he just came right out and said, we don't do that at USC anymore. Mm. That person is not qualified to win. Right? We are here to win championships. And we haven't had that kind of person at USC in a while. I would be shocked if Carol Fulton and Mike Bone um, don't have a faster road to equality. Yeah. I don't think it'll be, it'll be that fast. I mean, Nebraska, you know, when Nebraska made the move, we're in a better position than, you know, maybe Nebraska's in now. But I would be shocked if they took a, if they took that long. Let me put it to you this way, Tony. Because the Big Ten's negotiating the contract now, and there'll be one year, obviously, where USC and UCLA are not in it. Uh, they're going to they're get – everybody's going to get gigantic slices of pie from the addition because they're there. To me, that that is justification for them being a full partner right away. That's me. Yeah, right. I think so. I think, but I think you know where the where the leverage is. You would have to assume that USC is not stupid, and they probably did talk to the SEC. Right? There's, right. there's no way this was a singular negotiating point. Right. Right. Um, I don't believe that that's something that they would do. Now, that said, USC is not in the strongest spot, right? I mean, you're in a situation where you're making $31, $32 million a year. You have to stick around. And the Pac-12 is going to try to negotiate their TV deal now. I feel so bad for George Kleokov. I mean, talk about – talk about – I mean, there's going to be case studies written about how incompetent Larry Scott was. Yes. And I think the only thing that's more incompetent, as you pointed out correctly – is the grants rights with the ACC. Yes. I think you, if you are Miami, Clemson, and those teams right now, you are terrified of yep. the future. Yep. And, you know, we've been reading a lot of legal uh, briefs on that grants right, and there's no way out of it. It's, it's, People have been it, looking for a way to break it. I've read, just like you, I've read a lot about it, and in reading it, it's almost ironclad. Uh, yeah, and that's, there's no way out. So what of the Rose Bowl now? I'm going to start with this. I think the Rose Bowl is a great site for the Big Ten championship game. I'll start with mm-hmm. that with that part Absolutely. with that part of it, uh, and I think it, it brings a level level of excitement by going there. With all due respect to Indianapolis, which is great at holding championships, I love that town. Yeah, uh, Indy, great I mean, town. great town, so well set up. I mean everything. 
Um, but I see the Rose Bowl in that spot. Now, what about the Rose Bowl game itself? Because, boy, you know how I feel about it. I mean, yeah. two of the greatest experiences of my life have been sitting in a booth and broadcasting a game there and looking around saying, I can't believe I'm here. So there are theories on this from people who know. Um, here is the theory currently. The theory is that they are working toward an end game, which is different than what we will see in the short run. And that end game is actually a Big Ten playoff. So if you do theoretically end up at 18 to 24 schools, it's going to be impossible to have everybody play a level schedule through the year, right? Mm -hmm. The theory is that the big dollars are in a couple of non-conference games early in the season, you know, crossover games. Mm -hmm. Then you have a shortened schedule in conference with multiple divisions, and you actually have four teams make a Big Ten playoff. And then there's a Big Ten championship game. That's one of the paths that they're looking at. The other path they're looking at is since there's going to be the expanded playoff, there's going to be a rotating Big Ten championship game. And the hope is that the extended playoff will roll into the Rose Bowl as often as possible. Okay. That's what I've been told. Okay. Uh, I have to ask you about Apple. Apple got in, and this is going to connect to the Big Ten. Yep. Apple put together its long-term deal, what, 10 years with MLS. Uh, and... It was the interesting part was I, if I were MLS, I'd have had it run through twenty six and then parlayed the World Cup being in this know. country yeah. off of that. That's yeah. just me. I mean, yeah. Right? But Apple now suddenly wants to rejoin the fray on the Big Ten. What can mm-hmm. what can a a bidding war of Amazon and Apple mean to rights for the Big Ten based on what has just happened? History doesn't repeat itself, but people do, right? In 1994, there were two major players bidding on English Premier League rights. Now, I know everybody's rolling their eyes and saying, stop talking about the Premier League, but I'm going to talk about the Premier League because I think that's what matters no, here with Apple, right? It, 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 the it, two bidders, but the two, of them, the two of them are parallels. You have to bring it up. Yeah. So the two bidders at the time, they were so afraid of having TV rights that for the first three years of the Premier League, they wouldn't show the first half of the games. Right, because they were afraid that it was going to eat away ticket and concession dollars. But what was interesting about it is one of the bidders was a satellite company, which didn't have anywhere near the coverage that B Sky B did, which at the time was just Sky Sports. They didn't turn into B Sky B until a few years later. But they saw the opportunity of where this was going to be in three to five years, and therefore they bid the number up so much higher than the five clubs ever believed it was going to be. I don't know the exact number. I think like they were expecting 200 million pounds that ended up at 450 million pounds, right? Apple is smart. Apple has more money than any company in the world. Apple is looking at playing the long game here as proven by them doing a 10-year deal with MLS. Apple going into a bidding war on this with Amazon, creating essentially a whole new category on top of what Fox and ESPN are doing, who knows what the number is, right? Like sometimes we see these numbers and we think $400 million for, you know, college football or $400 million for, you know, British soccer rights is absurd. And now you look at what the number is, you say, hey, that was a bargain. It's the same thing everybody says when Instagram got bought by a billion dollars. Everybody thought, you know, that's, that's a bounty. It was a bargain. Same thing when Google bought YouTube, right? There's precedence for a lot of these things. 
where people are looking at what that kind of content delivery and consumption is going to be in five to seven years. And we just talked about how perhaps the rights to a Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, USC were just so dramatically undervalued that somebody who sees that has a massive competitive advantage and they're okay to overpay. Like Steve Ballmer paying $2 billion for the Clippers. We all thought he was insane at the Yes. Time. Now you look at the pricing and that's about where it is. Oh. Right? Exactly. So I mean, the, I the, Bron- the Broncos are going to are 4.6. 4.6, right? Chelsea's $5 billion, and that wasn't the biggest bid. Yep. So I just think that Apple getting involved in this creates the biggest boogeyman there is for Amazon and everybody else in this space because Apple has the money, the hardware, the software, and the distribution and the distribution goals to put games on your phone. Right. And to own it themselves, which has always been their goal, you know, all the way back to when Jobs and Wozniak started the company, their belief was tight integration vertically from soup to nuts. And if they believe that they can tightly integrate Big Ten football all the way down to your Apple device at any time, they're going to do it. And they're going to pay a lot of money to do that, too. So, I mean, I just if I was the Big 12 or the ACC, I, I, you know, I'm not an unspoke, underspoken person. I have no idea what they do next. I have no idea. No, I, I... I mean, Kevin Warren, Jim Delaney, these guys, I mean, it's incredible the job they did. They lapped Larry Scott. Uh, one last question. Over the years, television rights, any kind of media rights, have been based around markets. Right. Uh, and, and that goes for streaming, too, because, you know, guess where people live? Markets. Uh, but what has in essentially branding and brand power meant on top of markets and moves that we are seeing. You know what's interesting about college football is it does kind of run against the theory that we hear all the time on the media side with like NBA basketball, right? Right. If you look at football in general, like Green Bay is a national draw, but Mm -hmm. You know, the argument is constantly in baseball and basketball that the small markets can't compete. So there's this there's this reality that eyeballs and consumer spend are at such a granular local level that the brands are interested in those as they're combined together. So for college sports, for example, there's a company called Learfield. And what Learfield does, this is just for the listeners, I know you're aware of Learfield. Um, (laughs) What Learfield has done is they said, look, having all of these universities out there trying to sell their own rights and their own sponsorships is a little bit foolish because if I'm like Nissan, I don't want to say, hey, I want to leverage college football, so I'm going to go call 106 different universities and negotiate 106 different sponsorships. So Learfield sends out their team to all these local uh, teams. They negotiate local deals, local sponsorships, you know, all the ones we hear regularly, but they also give the power to leverage the entire organization at once. So Nissan, when they did their 106 team deal with uh, college football and college basketball, they just did the deal with Learfield and Learfield brought them all of the schools. Mm-hmm. The brands seeing these teams consolidate into a conference who can consolidate the rights, the media rights, the sponsorship rights, the branding rights into one place makes it easier for them to spend money. It makes it easier for them to leverage it. It makes it easier for what we talked about. And it's a great segue because it's what we talked about at the beginning of the call, right? If USC and Washington state came to an agreement where they said, look, we are interested 
in the success of Washington State, the same way Arsenal is interested in the success of Nottingham Forest. Right. But you're not bringing the same sponsors' money and power to the table, so let's split this up in a way that we all win. That if I get $75 million, you get $30 million as opposed to none. Right? And so that's the power of the branding in this and how businesses look at it. Because there's always going to be the local, you know, auto parts shop or construction company or law firm who's going to say, look, I mean, I'm an Alabama grad. I love Alabama. I'm going to sponsor with Alabama. I'm going to sponsor all the local shows. Like, I am a local brand, and this is what I'm doing. But then as those expand out, it gets more complicated and difficult. And if you can own those rights in one sophisticated place, it's a better experience for everybody, and there's a lot more money in it. You're the best. We will talk again soon because there's a lot more to talk about with all this and other areas, too. And we get to see each other in person a lot. A more. lot more, my friend. This a is lot great more. News. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's, a, it's one of the first things I said to somebody. I said, I said, I get to see Tony more out of this. This is great. Yeah. I texted our buddy Dave. I said, Hey, I'm reserving huh. my whiteout tickets right now, partner. Those are mine. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. You're in. Uh, oh, I love it. Tony, thanks so much. Appreciate you so much. We will talk shortly. Okay, we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys.